Hello, I'm Darrell Owens. Welcome to a special edition of A World of Difference, the program that celebrates and supports the journeys of families with kids with learning disabilities and learning differences from kindergarten through college. The presentation is an educational tool from Beacon College in Leesburg, Florida. Beacon is America's first accredited college dedicated to educating students with learning disabilities, ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning differences. So let's get started. On July 26, 1990, President George H.W. Bush signed into law landmark legislation that changed the lives of millions of Americans. The Americans with Disabilities Act, or ADA, opened doors and created opportunities for Americans with various disabilities, including people with specific learning disabilities and other learning differences. Despite those gains, parents of children with learning disabilities are still struggling to find help and be the voice for their children. On this edition, Haley Moss knows a lot about the ADA. She is a lawyer and Florida's first openly autistic attorney. She'll answer questions parents most frequently ask about the ADA in our Ask the Experts segment. Later, we'll hear some personal reflections on the ADA from some prominent disability advocates. That's part of an extended, intimate interview with this month's difference maker, retired U.S. Senator Tom Harkin, the Democratic sponsor of the ADA and the legislative lion who helped in the roaring success of his passage. What did it take to push the ADA across the finish line? What work remains to be done? But all that coming up, but first, Title II of the Americans with Disabilities Act protects individuals with qualified disabilities against a full spectrum of discrimination by state and local government agencies because of their disability. But knowing and understanding what rights you have as a parent, trying to speak up for your child can be confusing. To help answer some common questions that parents and family members have, a world of difference is delighted to have Haley Moss Esquire with us. Haley graduated from the University of Florida and the University of Miami Law School. An attorney, author, artist, and autism advocate, she speaks publicly about her journey and gives hope to others with autism and their families. Welcome to A World of Difference, Haley. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it, and it's been a pleasure. So, Haley, when you talk with parents, what are some of the most frequently asked questions they have about the ADA? So, there are three major pieces of disability rights legislation that affect students with learning disabilities, and those are the Americans with Disabilities Act, or the ADA, the IDEA, so the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, and the Rehabilitation Act. So. For our friends who were in the public school system, they're covered with individualized education plans underneath the IDA that is separate from the ADA. So if you went to private school or in college, you may have had a 504 plan under the Rehabilitation Act. So it's really important to understand that, especially for folks who were in high school, they had basically the right, especially in public school, to the right to a free and appropriate public education. Kind of Piggybacking on that, you have to understand the ADA is slightly different, that it's a comprehensive civil rights law that protects people with disabilities from discrimination, ensures access, and entitles us to reasonable accommodations in employment, education, and public spaces, just to name a few of the things that follow. So it might not necessarily be all aspects of your education, but some of them are definitely covered under the ADA, no matter what phase of life you're in. 
Is ADHD and ADD covered under the ADA? Yes, ADD and ADHD are covered underneath the Americans with Disabilities Act. So it's important to understand that ADHD or ADD is a neurological disability. And underneath the ADA, it's covered because it affects more than one major life activity. That's part of the definition of what a disability is underneath the ADA. And ADHD particularly does affect substantially thinking and learning. So it's definitely covered under the purposes of the law. If 504 plans and IEPs don't travel to college, what rights do I have as a collegian under the ADA? You are entitled to accommodations in college or in a university setting. You might not have a 504 plan or a formal IEP in that same way, but those documents can be used as evidence of your disability or to help guide the process too. So universities have to be compliant with Section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act or and the ADA. So it's important to understand that you might not get the exact same accommodations that you had in high school or earlier, but professors and colleges are required to provide reasonable accommodations in class, in relation to the material, and also physical accessibility as well. Under the ADA, can a student who struggles in certain areas ask the administration to waive that particular requirement? So the really important thing to understand when it comes to accommodations is they have to be reasonable. So it can't place an undue burden or it can't necessarily be giving an unfair advantage to somebody. So reasonable accommodations and modifications don't necessarily change the material in college or make it easier. But some ideas of reasonable accommodations can be changing the format of an exam or the information presented. So not necessarily making something easier, just waiving requirements. So you'd still have to meet the essentials to get that degree. It's really important kind of to understand like some of the accommodations that might be available to you might be extra time, maybe a large print, having a note taker. There's so many different ways that we can make the material accessible without compromising the integrity of your education. What are some of the pre-employment questions that are no-nos for employers to ask me when I come to an interview if I have a disability? So it's really important first off on who is covered under the ADA with employers and that primarily is employers with more than 15 employees are covered under Title I of the ADA which protects applicants and employees from discrimination in the workplace. So there's also similar state law guidance depending on where you live and it may be somewhat stricter and might be fewer than 15 employees where state law civil rights or state excuse me where state civil rights protections kick in so the ada particularly precludes employers from asking applicants questions that in the spirit of the law that says that are likely to elicit information about a disability so things that will purposely get that information out are definite no-nos but employers can ask if an interviewee or an applicant can perform the essential functions of a job with or without accommodation. So when people say, what are the essential functions? I always tell them the best thing to do is start looking for the most important things of that job. And sometimes the best way to find that is what's in the job description. So at least for me as a lawyer, reading and writing are essential functions of my job or being able to think critically or do research. But in a job description, you might also see something like interacting with people or being able to lift 20 pounds and asking if you can do those things with or without accommodation is a very valid concern. I know for some folks with more apparent disabilities, explaining how you would do that. So if you're say, you have a speech impediment or you struggle with speaking, how you would handle answering the phone in a receptionist job might be something they can ask you. 
And some of the really big things that you can't ask as well are information about specific disabilities, if an applicant has ever had mental health treatment, what medication somebody's taking, things like that. But as far as the medication things, I know a lot of folks might be taking medication to, ma to manage traits of neurodivergence or a learning disability or other disabilities that an employer can still do a drug test to test for illegal substances, but if it does show medication such as ADHD medication, it's a confidential medical record and should not be used for those purposes of eliciting disability status. Personally, people always want to know if I was always positive about my disability, and the truth is, yes. Is, But I also recognize that disability identity and self-acceptance and awareness is not very linear. So... I grew up in a house where autism was framed very positively and it helped me build self-esteem as a kid. And sometimes you're also kind of wrestling with those messages that society is sending about disability, that you're less than, that you have to work harder, that you're not as capable, and that could be really difficult. So I think it's really important for folks and especially parents to know that disability identity and being proud of who you are is a very complicated thing. And sometimes it's very nonlinear in terms of how it goes. So keep on doing what you're doing. And the most you could do is encourage and focus on the strengths. Well, Haley, thank you for sharing your time and expertise with us. Hope to have you back soon. Next up. As a former official with the U.S. Department of Education, I was working in the area of compliance and enforcement for uh, the Office of Special Education Programs. Um, and I had just left um, that field and gone on to higher education to be a professor. And I had heard that the Americans with Disabilities Act was moving forward under the stewardship of Senator Tom Harkin. I was in Washington on that day and saw how excited all of the individuals who were involved, who were part of the audience for the official signing uh, by President Bush were, and how proud they were that this had been accomplished. Because in reality, most of the laws prior to the Americans with Disabilities Act really dealt with the individual with the disability, him or herself, and the relationship to some government entity. What the ADA did was to open up all arenas for individuals with disabilities, whether it's the workplace or a place where one would recreate and play. All of these arenas are part of the human environment that we all live in. And let's remember that individuals with disabilities just want to be independent. But we recognize that to be independent, we must do it in an interdependent world. We must rely on others as others rely on us to create the community, to make the community whole and healthy. And the Americans with Disabilities Act really captured the essence of what living an abundant life meant, whether it was work or play or just simple access to technology. It required all of us, that is, those with disabilities and those without, to think about how we could make things more accessible for all of society. 
the ADA, that didn't really uh, affect me until I went to American University. I went there for one year, and there I had somebody who went with me to classes uh, to take notes for me, because uh, I cannot write as fast as people speak. Um, I just can't do that. I was able to go into different rooms and to have uh, extra time on tests as well. That really helped me. Um, and I, I think uh, even even though it didn't really affect me, the ADA, when I was in school, because um, again, I went to special school my whole life, I can only imagine what the ADA probably had a profound effect on those who couldn't afford to go to special schools uh, that I was uh, fortunate enough to go to, and it helped them tremendously, I can only imagine. It's called the Americans with Disabilities Act, but what it really is, is an anti-discrimination act against those who have a disability. I interviewed uh, Congressman Steny Hoyer himself, uh, who is a signer of the ADA, and I said, would you be willing to change the phrase learning disabilities to learning differences? And he said he thinks that's a great idea. And he actually himself thinks that people with disabilities have abilities and not disabilities. And his sons, uh, he told me, actually say when uh, Hoyer was uh, makes a remark about people with disabilities, his sons always tell him to stop dissing people. Drop the diss. With abilities. No disabilities. Abilities. <laughs> so, in a way, you know, they're kind of right. <laughs> people got to stop dissing people. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I was, or one of the greatest gifts my mother ever gave me was the big book of Tell Me Why. And it was an old school book back in, I think, 89 or 90. It was about the size of an encyclopedia. And it had a lot of, a list of people who never went to college, who contributed uh, greatly to society, uh, including Einstein. I was one of them. And I think even Charles Darwin um, had a hard time with reading and writing. And so, because my mom gave me all these books, ironically, uh, considering I can't really read, uh, or I, I can, I have a hard time reading, they changed my life, um, to, and, and, you know, they told me that I'm not the only one, you know, that's the way I am, and there, there are other people there. So, to me, because of those books, I now see that everybody learns differently. The ADA is a great bill to have passed. I almost thought about running for Congress myself. I've been around those people my whole life growing up in D.C. I know how uh, that system works, how it doesn't work. And I just feel like uh, instead of running for office, helping within, I feel like I could do more, if you will, I feel like I could do more helping without. Uh, outside the circle of the government. My name is Quinn Bradley. So that's why I decided to start Friends of Quinn and then uh, Our Time, Our Vote to help people with disabilities get the vote out because voting really, really, really makes a difference. You know, the reason why we have all the freedom in general that we do is because people go out and vote. Let's press rewind. In 1964, America witnessed the passage of the most sweeping legislation in nation's history. The Civil Rights Act of 1964 ended segregation in public places and banned employment discrimination on the basis of race, color, religion, sex, or national origin. 
but as significant as the law was in providing civil rights to discriminated minorities, yet another group of Americans was struggling for equality. Seven years later, a New York judge described people with disabilities as, quote, the most discriminated against minority in our nation, unquote. In the early 1970s, some estimates show about one million school-aged kids with disabilities who were excluded from public education programs. Another three million with disabilities in public schools received no support to meet their basic educational needs. Robert L. Bergdorf, Jr., an attorney in the 80s with the National Council on Disability, who was the one who wrote the first draft of the ADA bill, later wrote that the ADA, quote, was a response to an appalling problem, widespread, systematic, inhuman discrimination against people with disabilities, unquote. U.S. Senator Tom Harkin, a passionate advocate for the disabled, got to work in the late 80s on getting the measure passed. A World of Difference senior correspondent, Janet Sawyer, picks up the story with an intimate interview with the retired senator. When given the opportunity to be independent, they will move, move proudly into the economic mainstream of American life, and that's what this legislation is all about. And to cheers on the lawn of the White House, President George H.W. Bush finally made the years-long efforts of disability advocates across America the law of the land, a law that started off in complete silence in the Houses of Congress. The ADA is indeed the 20th Century Emancipation Proclamation. Retired Iowa Senator Tom Harkin says this was his proudest day in the years he served in Congress, a measure that had languished in both houses, official. Today, Congress opens the doors to all Americans with disabilities. Harkin's passion for those Americans denied their basic civil rights started at a young age. It all stems from my early involvement with my older brother Frank, who was deaf, and seeing how society in general treated him, low expectations, uh, barriers, uh, uh, how he wanted to do different things, but people wouldn't let him. Uh, how he wanted to live independently and had to fight for that. And I just thought, a long time ago, as a young man, perhaps, I thought, boy, something ought to be done about it. If I was ever in a position to do something about this, I'd do it. That he did. And it was just the start of this true public servant's journey of helping people with disabilities help themselves. Then, after I was in the house, my nephew, my sister's boy, was injured in an accident and became severely paraplegic. Harkin traveled to Colorado and saw that Kelly couldn't eat at a restaurant with his family because his wheelchair couldn't fit through the front door, couldn't cross the street, ride a bus, and it just got worse for this young boy. Uncle Tommy said, uh, I'm here and I, they've got a class that I want to take. It's on the second floor of a building. There's no elevator, so they won't let me take the class. I said, this is, this is absolutely ridiculous. The former Democratic senator from Iowa says it was clear that a broad civil rights bill had to be created. I had sort of a, a progression. So my brother, who was deaf, 
then my nephew who was uh, uh, mobility limited, and then I met Danny Piper, a young man with intellectual disabilities, he had Down syndrome, and how hard his parents fought for him to get an education, and how much Danny could do. I mean, he had a lot of abilities but people didn't expect him to do anything. Harkin says the ADA is about helping people help themselves. There's another bill that I drafted and sponsored and it got through, which impacts your life every day and everybody else's and nobody knows I ever did it. Even before the passage of the ADA here in Washington, Harkin was the man behind closed captioning, which finally allowed the hearing impaired to fully enjoy television. There's a bill called the the Television Decoder and Circuitry Act. How about that for a name? That's true. Harkin's first bill mandated every TV sold here in America had to have a chip or decoder which allowed closed captioning to appear on any TV 13 inches or bigger. He made sure that this would happen within five years. It wasn't easy. And I said, well, you know, if this is going to cost a couple hundred dollars instead, I. I I can't sell this, I can't get this passed. And I'll never get it. So, well, if you make a hundred of them, yeah, it's gonna cost you $100 a set, or if you make a thousand of them. But if you make millions of them, the cost will be almost nothing. That's what gave me the idea of mandating. Mandate that every television has to have it. You know, you couldn't get a mandate passed today to save your soul. My idea was this is really gonna help people with deafness, hard of hearing, to understand what's going on and being now understanding they would be able to more participate in daily life, activities, businesses, jobs, everything else. That it did, and then some. Closed captioning caught on and caught on quick. The biggest user? Sports bars. They got a dozen TVs, and the only way you're gonna find out what's going on is you gotta read the captions, and it's noisy. <laughs> and then Sesame Street picked it up and they started doing it with uh, English as a second language. If you make things easier, better, more accessible for persons with disabilities, it helps everyone. Everyone does it better. Everyone benefits from this. Harkin was on to something, then on to yet another group of forgotten citizens. How about people with invisible disabilities? How about people with intellectual disabilities, developmental disabilities? Harkin says it's the way our society teaches that's to blame. The brain doesn't function well enough to learn as rapidly as others. They can learn, but it just takes a little bit more time and goes through a little bit more filters. In other words, making sure that their physical environment, their social environment, is something they can adapt to to finish a task. It's amazing. <laughs> people that you don't think can function, it's the construct. If the physical environment has changed a little, they function just fine. With more than 5,000 colleges and universities in the U.S., only a handful specialize in so-called invisible disabilities. One is located in the small Florida town of Leesburg. I think that Beacon really has set the standard for kids with learning disabilities, for autism, ADHD, others, to actually learn and then become fully functioning members of society. They've had to tailor programs, tailor the way things are done, but that's okay. Having a college like Beacon, and hopefully we'll spawn, Beacon will spawn more like Beacons around the country, the importance of that is that we're now understanding 
our country is wasting a lot of abilities of people that could contribute to our country, to contribute to our economic growth, uh, contribute to our, 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 our well-being as a society. My dream was always that we would have the federal government begin to invest in beacon-like colleges using beacon as the uh, sort of the, the, the model. Why don't we have one of these on the West Coast? We need a lot more beacons in this country. Harkin's focus on education doesn't stop at higher level education for those with learning differences. Before I left the Senate, my last bill was to change voc rehab. So I set aside 15% of all federal money that goes to voc rehab to focus on um, getting summer school jobs, after school jobs for kids who are in IEP in school. He quickly realized kids who are in independent education programs or IEPs don't get treated the same way as kids in traditional high school. One of the problems with kids that are on IEPs, individual education programs in high school, is that they finish their IEP and then they're just dropped off the face of the earth. They get a dead-end job. I started looking into this and found that during high school, kids with disabilities, whether physical or intellectual or both, never got the kind of opportunities that other kids got, non-disabled kids. Like what? Summer jobs? After school jobs? Weekend jobs? Volunteering for the Red Cross? Volunteering for community chess? Volunteering for good church volunteers? Things like that where you're pulled into a group and you have a job to do? They had no work experience. The retired former senator from Iowa believes these kids need these opportunities to succeed in life. You can't just sit around. You've got to do something. You've got to go to work. You've got to dress up. You've got to behave yourself. I said, you know, kids with disabilities, a lot of times, are just like kids without disabilities. They need a good swift kick in the pants sometime. Get them out the door. Young people need to develop that sort of inner strength and that inner ability to start making good decisions. Still, more hurdles ahead for these students, like being paid a fair wage. Again, Harkin took to the floor. Uh, there's a certain provision in law that you can pay a person with a disability sub-minimum wage. We're still trying to change that. If you qualify, you can pay a person sub-minimum wage down to even like 50 cents an hour. Oh, it's just... It exists today, exactly right. Subminimum wage. Even though he couldn't get rid of subminimum wage, Harkin took on the problem and got results. Before a company can submit the forms, IRS forms, to pay the subminimum wage, they have to show that this person has tried over a three year period of time that they could not do a job that paid at least the minimum wage. The movement today is still getting rid of the subminimum wage. We still want to get rid of the subminimum wage. We just haven't done it yet. Hopefully, sometime soon that will happen. Still, the fight for equality continues. There's still one group missing. Even though he's retired, Harkin still stays active. Now he wants Congress to take up the issue of LGBTQ rights. You can still discriminate, and there's no law against it. There may be some state laws or maybe some local ordinances and stuff like that. There's no overarching federal civil rights law. Harkin says there are champions on Capitol Hill that are picking up where he left off. 
lawmakers who will make a difference in the future toward the goal of inclusiveness. I think we've seen that in, in my lifetime in the last dozen years on gay people. Gee, that's just like changed overnight. So you're right, I mean, things, things can change. To this day, the retired Iowa senator is working in his own backyard to ensure every building in America will be accessible to all Americans. We gotta get that next, and I'm working on it now. And we have a champion in the Senate. Hopefully before the year's out, he'll introduce a bill, not that it's gonna pass, but to set, sort of set the template for the future. For now, Harkin is putting his energy into an institute named in his honor at Drake University in Iowa. It will have a building designed with cutting-edge technology to assist all Americans with disabilities and help them achieve their path to independence. We raised enough money to build a building. When it's done, I believe it will be the most accessible building in America for persons with disabilities. Not just physical, intellectual disabilities, developmental disabilities. We are going to have places for people with autism to work or to access. Uh, we'll have support systems. Uh, for people with severe cerebral palsy, but we'll have the technology there that they can access information or input information. Looking forward, the Harkin Institute should be complete in the fall of 2021. But it was in the past, in July of 1990, that one of the ADA's biggest champions made it the law. I now lift my pen to sign this Americans with Disability Act and say, let the shameful wall of exclusion finally come tumbling down. God bless you all. On that sunny day 30 years ago, over 4,000 people covered the South Lawn of the White House. It's the biggest crowd to date for the signing of a bill. A bill that dozens and dozens of legislatures labored over for decades. Its sponsor, an Iowa senator with a vision for all Americans to be included. My final speech in the Senate, my goodbye speech. And at the end of it, I said, I'm gonna teach you all a sign. This is a teachable moment, I'm gonna teach you a sign. Now take your hands, put them together like this. Get your fingers interlocked. Now move your hand in a circular motion in front of your body. You know what that's a sign for? It's a sign for America. Wow. Everybody together all connected, no one's left out of the circle of life in America. We're all included in this constant circle of life. That's the sign, it's a wonderful, it's a beautiful sign, that's a beautiful sign for America. Thanks, Janet, for that compelling conversation with Senator Tom Harkin. He still works to improve the lives of people with learning disabilities. Congratulations, Senator Harkin. You are a difference maker. Well, that's all for this edition of A World of Difference. You can share this edition or catch up on previous installments by visiting the Beacon College Facebook page and browse under video series. You can also see episodes on Beacon College's YouTube channel and the A World of Difference portal on the Beacon College website, beaconcollege.edu. On the website, you'll find our experts' bios, plus downloadable tip sheets, including the Haley Moss Q&A from this episode. For podcast lovers, you and your friends can listen to the program wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
A world of difference is available on Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, and other popular podcasting platforms. Check out our A World of Difference portal for a roundup of all the available podcasting platforms. We'll return in October. For National Disability Employment Awareness Month, A World of Difference looks at ways to help recent high school or college graduates find work and answers questions about the career search. For Janet Sawyer and the entire team of A World of Difference, I'm Daryl Owens. Thank you for watching. Thank you.